0: I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's Word this morning. Join me in Acts chapter 22. We will pick up in our series through the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 22, we left off at verse 30, and so that's where we're going to pick up this morning as we continue to walk through this important book as we see the church being birthed in Acts chapter 2 and continuing to thrive, continuing to see people's lives transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. We look back and recognize that this history as believers is our history. What God did then is what God is still doing now as people are hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ as their lives are being transformed by it. That is what God has called us as well to do. I don't know if you've ever noticed how little kids respond to someone they don't know, but I see it every Sunday morning as parents come in the doors as kids reach out very quickly, often, and wrap their arms around mom and dad. You think, man, that's really cute to see that. I mean, just think of what's going on in kids' minds when they do that. They're thinking that there may be some danger or at least a bit of unknown. I don't know what to expect with this person or with this place or with this situation, whatever it may be. And comfort is in mom and dad. We're going to reach up and wrap our arms around their legs. I want you to know that God is that person for every believer. In the midst of the unknown, in the midst of difficult situations, when we don't really know what the next step looks like, we are walking through difficulty when we are unsure. There is amazing comfort in wrapping our arms around the Lord. What we're going to see in the text this morning is that play out. So as we've been walking through the book of Acts, we have encountered a number of characters through the story of the church being birthed, and we are zeroed in right now on who is the primary human character in the text and that is the Apostle Paul. Now I want to caution us to realize that he's not the primary character. The primary character in all of Scripture is God. He is the primary actor. He is the primary person that is on display in the Scriptures. But what we're going to see in the Apostle Paul's life is as he is walking through a very difficult situation, in fact, a chaotic situation, a situation where he could very well lose his life, we are going to encounter in chapter 23, verse 11, and this is where I'm going to spend the most of my time this morning, is the text says, the Lord stood by him. The Lord stood by him. I want to read the text for us this morning. Once again, in the narrative, we've got a lot of Scripture to cover. So I'm going to read fast, as fast as someone from South Georgia can. And then we'll walk back through the text together. Beginning in verse 30 of Acts chapter 22, This is what the text records, but on the next day, desiring to know the real reason why he was being accused by the Jews, he unbound him and commanded the chief priest and all the council to meet. And he brought Paul down and set him before them. And looking intently at the council, Paul said, brothers, I have lived my life before God in all good conscience up to this day. I did not know, brothers, that he was the high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. Now when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, brothers, I am a Pharisee, a son of Pharisees. It is with respect to the hope and the resurrection of the dead that I am on trial. And when he had said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For the Sadducees say that there is no resurrection, nor angel, nor spirit, but the Pharisees acknowledged them all. Then a great clamor arose, and some of the scribes of the Pharisees' party stood up and contended sharply, we find nothing wrong in this man. What if a spirit or an angel spoke to him? And when the dissension became violent, the tribune, afraid that Paul would be torn to pieces by them, commanded the soldiers to go down and take him away from among them by force and bring him into the barracks. The following night, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also In Rome. When it was day, the Jews made a plot and bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 who made this conspiracy. And they went to the chief priests and the elders and said, We have strictly bound ourselves by an oath to taste no food till we have killed Paul. Now, therefore, you, along with the council, give notice to the tribune to bring him down to you as though you were going to determine his case more exactly. And we are ready to kill him before he comes near. Now the son of Paul's sister heard of their ambush. So he went and entered the barracks and told Paul, Paul called one of the centurions and said, take this young man to the tribune for he has something to tell him. So he took him and brought him over to the tribune and said, Paul, the prisoner called me and asked me to bring this young man to you as he has something to say to you. And the tribune took him by the hand and going aside, asked him privately, what is it that you have to tell me? And he said, the Jews have agreed to ask you to bring Paul down to the council tomorrow, as though they were going to inquire somewhat more closely about him. But do not be persuaded by them. For more than 40 of their men are lying in ambush for him, who have bound themselves by an oath neither to eat nor drink till they have killed him. And now they are ready, waiting for your consent. So the tribune dismissed the young man, charging him, tell no one that you have informed me of these things. Then he called two of the centurions and said, get ready 200 soldiers with 70 horsemen and 200 spearmen to go as far as Caesarea at the third hour of the night. Also provide mounts for Paul to ride and bring him safely to Felix the governor. And he wrote a letter to this effect. Claudius Lysias, to His Excellency Governor Felix, greetings. This man was seized by the Jews and was about to be killed by them. And when I came upon them with the soldiers and rescued him, having learned that he was a Roman citizen and desiring to know the charge for which they were accusing him, I brought him down to their council. I found that he was being accused about questions of their law but charged with nothing deserving death or imprisonment. And it was, when it was disclosed to me that there would be a plot against the man, I sent him to you at once, ordering his accusers also to state before you what they have against him. So the soldiers, according to their instructions, took Paul and brought him by night to Antipasus. And on the next day they returned to the barracks, letting the horsemen go on with him. And when they had come to Caesarea and delivered the letter to the governor, they presented Paul also before him. And on reading the letter, he asked what province he was from. And when he had learned that he was from Cilicia, he said, I will give you a hearing when your accusers arrive. And he commanded him to be guarded in Herod's praetorium. Father, we ask this morning that you would open our eyes that we would be able to see that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear, and that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. We're taking notes this morning. I want you to write down this main idea that'll frame our time together in the text. And I hinted at it earlier in verse 11 of Acts chapter 23, but it's this truth. There is no greater comfort for the Christian than knowing that the Lord stands by us. There is no greater comfort in the Christian life than knowing the Lord stands by us. You know, it's interesting as you read through this text because you see a lot of things going on. You see a lot of the narrative unfold. It's a fascinating story of Paul being questioned and Paul claiming his Roman citizenship as he is seeking to eventually get to Rome and share the gospel there. And what we're seeing transpire is that at every step of the way that the Lord doesn't leave Paul alone. The Lord doesn't walk away from Paul. In fact, he stands by him at every step of the way, encouraging and strengthening him to do exactly what he has called him to do, and that is wherever he goes to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. And yet, as great as all of that sounds, it is absolute chaos. I mean, who wants to be arrested? Who wants to be brought up and almost beaten? who wants to endure many of the things that Paul has already endured but will continue to endure as he lives for the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, what we see is that chaos is abounding in this situation. And yet, Paul has peace in the chaos. In fact, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to write down that first truth. When the Lord stands by you, he provides peace in the chaos. I don't know about you, but I don't know anyone who would say that we live in a chaos-free world. Maybe your life is great and you don't have chaos in your world. Some of you came this morning saying it was chaos at home, just trying to get out the door. Some of you are looking and saying, last week was nothing but chaos. You turn on the news channels and it's nothing but chaos. You scroll through your social media feed and it's nothing but chaos. And the question in the midst of the chaos is, how do you find peace? I mean, just think about this. Paul, at this point in time, is seeking to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, both in Jerusalem right now, but eventually he's trying to get to Rome and before Caesar wants to share the gospel there. And yet, at every step of the way, Paul continues to face opposition. He continues to face chaos. So right now, as we left Paul, Paul was in Jerusalem, and there were charges brought up against him that were not true at all. And so the religious leaders of the day, the Pharisees, had snatched Paul out of the temple and had carried him and tried to put him on trial, ultimately leading to his death. That was their goal. And yet the Roman tribune who was there heard about this plot. And Paul, as he was about to be beaten, claims his Roman citizenship and says, I need to be heard. Things stop in that moment, and this is the story of him being heard. So the Tribune says, let's set up a time where we can gather together, both with those who are accusing you, that's the religious Jewish leaders of the day, and I'm going to stand and listen to figure out whether or not you should die because of some charge that's brought against you. And all the while, Paul walking through this situation, we don't see him in the corner wringing his hand saying, I just don't know how this is going to turn out. In fact, what we see from Paul is peace in chaos. Well, where does that peace come from? It comes from his relationship with Jesus Christ. In fact, the truth is, for you and for me who are believers, our peace in this life doesn't come from our circumstances. It doesn't come from our bank account. It doesn't come through having well-behaved and well-mannered children. It doesn't come from possessions. It comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. Peace that passes all understanding. Peace in the midst of the chaos When the world is crashing in around us and it doesn't take very long for us to open our eyes and open our ears and say pretty quickly, this is a chaotic world in which we live. But the question is, can we as believers have peace in that chaos? And the testimony of Scripture is that we absolutely can. And it's only possible through a relationship with Jesus Christ in the chaos for Paul in this moment. He is able to walk through with a sense of peace, not because his circumstances were great, not because he was being treated well, he was being taken care of, not because of his possessions, because he really had nothing. But he had the only thing that can bring peace in chaos, and that is a relationship with the Lord Jesus. Let me ask you, Christian, have you sensed that? In a chaotic week last week, or a chaotic morning today, or a chaotic world in which we live. Can you echo with Paul in this situation as he is walking through chaos? Yes, this world, my life, this situation is chaotic, but I have found the peace that anchors my soul. You see, for us as believers, that should be our testimony. That should be the heart cry. We should, in the chaotic moments of our life and in a chaotic world, be able to say, we have peace. Sometimes there's steps that we need to take to experience that peace, though. Because, listen, if your life is consumed with everything that is going on outside of you, with binge-watching news television, amen or ouch, with constantly scrolling through social media feeds. If you are filling your minds with that, then you are running frantic in this life trying to find out where's the peace. But as we step back, as we recognize that the scripture calls us strangers and aliens in this world. When we realize that this world ultimately is not our home, but we have a better home that is waiting for us with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When we pause in our day and instead of first scrolling through social media or reading the news, we spend time in God's Word we find the source of peace for our souls. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens for us by intentionality, recognizing that this world cannot offer us the peace that our souls long for. Jesus Christ and a vibrant, growing relationship with Him is the only thing that can offer what we long for. Paul, in this chaotic situation, experiences the peace that only Jesus Christ can bring. My prayer this morning for us is that we, too, would experience that peace. That we would not wring our hands, sit in a corner with our head between our legs, and cry, thinking that it's got to get better. There are moments to cry. There are moments to sit in the corner. But if our constant refrain is that, we'll have missed what Jesus intends for our souls rest, peace, comfort. In the chaos, peace. Not only does The Lord provide peace when He stands by us. But He also provides wisdom in the struggle. I don't know if you've picked up on what's going on with Paul at this point in time, but Paul is no dummy. In fact, Paul brilliantly with wisdom navigates the chaos. In fact, as you notice The last time we were walking through this text, what we saw Paul do was speak and say, hey guys, as you're about to try to beat me, you can't do that, I'm a Roman citizen. Well that changes the conversation entirely. Now as Paul is being quote unquote tried by the religious Jewish leaders of the day, Paul himself knows exactly who is in the room. He knows that there are Pharisees in there and there are Sadducees in there. And with great wisdom, Paul looks and he recognizes that I can turn them against each other. So instead of me having to figure out how to get out of this situation, let me just turn them against each other. They'll argue with one another and then I can step out of this situation. You look and you say, well, man, maybe Paul just was a great politician. Maybe he just knew how to move and to act and how to, how to bring up situations in his own favor. And you know what? I don't think it was that at all. I think it was wisdom that enabled Paul to navigate the chaos, to navigate through the struggles that he endured. It's interesting to me that one of the things Jesus said to his disciples, he said, Be wise as serpents and be harmless as doves. That is on display in Paul's life right here. Paul, wise as a serpent, knows how to navigate the situation that he's in. And let's all recognize that wisdom doesn't come through great learning. Wisdom doesn't come through just being endowed with it. Wisdom comes from the Lord. And in this situation, Paul walking with Jesus wisely navigates the struggle. Now think about this in your own life. Every single one of us desperately needs wisdom as we navigate through this life. You need wisdom as you interact with your spouse. Amen? Husbands, say amen. You need wisdom as you seek to raise kids. You need wisdom as you seek to live a godly life in a godless world. You need wisdom as you work. You need wisdom Grandparents, as you try to figure out how to best spoil your grandkids and keep their parents happy. But isn't it true that all of life needs wisdom to be able to navigate? And for us as believers, here's the great news. We have the greatest source of wisdom. And that is the Lord himself. So I don't think it's by accident here that we see Paul navigating through this situation as wisely as he does. Because we know that the Lord is with him. Verse 11, the Lord stood by him. I mean, envision this. I remember playing tetherball as a kid. How many of you know what tetherball is? How many of you took a ball upside your head playing tether ball? Amen, right? But it's a metal pole in a ground. It has a string, a rope attached to it with a ball on the other end. And you have the objective of trying to wrap the ball all the way around so that it touches the pole. That's the objective of the game. But here's what I want us to recognize. Is that for the Christian, for the believer that God is the pole and we are tethered to Him. He is always with us. The promise that He makes to us is He will never leave us or forsake us. The wisdom we need to navigate through the struggle of life is present and with us at every single turn. There is no moment that you will walk into that the Lord Jesus Christ cannot give you the wisdom To follow him more deeply and to walk through it. Teenagers, let me speak to you for just a second. Your brain is not fully developed. getting to meddling here, huh? It's what happens when you step in and fill in for the youth pastor, right? But here's the thing. You have access as a child of God to the greatest source of wisdom for how to navigate through the struggle of being a teenager in this world. And mom and dad, can I challenge you, beg you, plead with you? Point your preteens and your teens to Jesus. Help them see the wisdom contained in the Scriptures. Help them see what it means to navigate through the struggle of life as they watch you walk wisely as we see Paul walk wisely here. Not only do we see the Lord bringing wisdom in the struggle as he stands by us, but I want you to notice this third truth. When the Lord stands by you, he provides courage in the mission. So we see Paul walking through the chaos with peace. We see Paul walking wisely through the struggle. But we also see in verse 11, The Lord stands by him and says to him, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Some of us would rather the text read like this. The following night the Lord stood by him and said, I know this is hard and I'm going to get you out of it. Why is it that oftentimes as believers we think, we believe, we somehow have come to the conclusion that if we'll just walk with Jesus, life will be easy? And that if we do get into a difficult situation or a struggle, that all we got to do is just say, Lord, get me out of this. And God delivers us out of it. He just kind of snatches us out. And yet, what we see in Paul's life here is not that at all. What we see the Lord Jesus saying to Paul is, in the chaos, in the struggle, you have a mission to fulfill. Wait, wait, wait. I want to get out of the chaos. I want to get out of the struggle. No. In the chaos and in the struggle, you have a mission to fulfill. But Lord, it's painful and it hurts, and I'd much rather not have to endure that. In the chaos and in the struggle, you have a mission to fulfill. What if God wants to deliver you not from the circumstance and situation, but through it? So that He can use and shape and mold you to do what He's called you to do. Paul, in this scenario, Is not getting out. He's not getting out of the struggle. He's not getting out of the chaos. In fact, as we continue to walk through the next five chapters together, we're going to see it intensify. We're going to see the struggle grow. We're going to see the chaos pile on top of Paul in this moment. But in that, the Lord Jesus standing by, Paul says, take courage. Not only am I standing by you to provide you the peace and the chaos, not only am I giving you the wisdom to walk through the struggle, but I am giving you the courage that you need to fulfill the mission I've called you to complete. Christian, this is where the rubber meets the road for us. In the chaos in the struggle the mission that God has called us to fulfill doesn't change as we walk through the struggle and as we walk through the difficulty the same truth that was proclaimed to the disciples by Jesus is that they were to be his witnesses throughout the world is the same thing that's proclaimed to us we are called as believers to take courage, to be bold even in the chaos and even in the struggle, to lift high the name of Jesus Christ in the midst of what we are walking through. Because here's the thing, you walking through the situation that you are walking through will open doors of opportunity for the gospel of Jesus Christ, who Jesus is and what He's done, to be declared in ways that it would never have been declared. There are people that you're going to meet on this journey called life that if you don't walk through struggles and difficulties, you'll never have the door open to share Jesus with them. For many of us, we would rather have the easy button in life, right? Just press the button, it gets easier. But here's my prayer. That instead of looking for the easy button, we would look for the courage button. That as we're walking through the struggle, as we're walking through the difficulty, that as Jesus provides us the peace and the chaos and the wisdom and the struggle, that He would give us the courage to do exactly what he's called us to do. And that is to live on mission for him. Recognize that people are watching you. If you claim the name of Christ, people are looking at you. They wanna know, when the going gets tough, how do you respond? When you're walking through struggles, how do you endure those? When the world is crashing down around you, how do you live? For us, may we take courage in recognizing what Paul recognized. That Jesus provides peace in the chaos. Jesus provides wisdom in the struggle. Jesus provides courage in the mission. Believer, that's for you. That's for me. And the good news is if you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, that same thing can be true for you today as well. You today have the opportunity, if you've never taken the step of trusting Jesus Christ as your Savior, of experiencing exactly what we talked about here, you can experience that today. We'd love to share with you what it means to trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, to experience that peace, to experience that wisdom, that courage, to have your life transformed as Paul's was transformed, as many in this room who are gathered today have experienced that transformation, you today can experience it as well. I want to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me. Our worship team is going to make their way back up. Maybe you've come in this morning searching, seeking, wondering. How can I find the peace that will anchor my soul? How can I find wisdom to walk through this world? And I want you to know that you can search high and low for those things. and they'll never satisfy the deepest longings of your soul. You were created to have a relationship with your creator. Sin shatters that relationship that's possible, and it's only through the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, what Jesus did on the cross, taking your sin upon himself, paying for that, dying, being buried, and being raised again on the third day, securing the opportunity for you to have a relationship with your Creator. If you've never taken that step, you have an opportunity right now to take that step. To simply confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He did take your sin on the cross and pay for it, and that you receive him as your Savior right now. If you'd like to take that step, or if you've taken that step today, we'd love for you to let us know that. You can do that by filling out a connection card. We'd love to talk with you, help you in your journey walking with Jesus. For the believers that are here in this room, we desperately need what Paul had here in this text. We need peace. We need wisdom. We need courage. And the good news is Jesus hasn't moved. This morning, you have a chance, an opportunity to reach out like a little child, to grab a hold of Him, to remind yourself of the truth of who He is and what He's done, of what He offers, what He provides, to praise Him for that, to celebrate that, to lean on that, Father, may you work in our lives today in a way that can only be explained by your spirit piercing our hearts, convicting us of sin, opening our eyes to see Jesus as savior, flooding us with the peace that only you can provide showering us with the wisdom that we desperately need to walk through this world, emboldening us with courage as we live out the mission that you've called us to fulfill. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand and sing with us as we close out our service this morning?